Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm trying something new out. I'm going to try a, a new segment out on every show called Don't Hate Me, where I disclose something you might hate me for. This week's Don't Hate Me is Don't Hate Me, but I don't like the show Sex Life that everyone is obsessed with. Don't hate me. I don't get it. I mean, look, I get it. I just, there's a lot of things about the show that are, first of all, everyone is very excited about the actual sex taking place, which also happened on Briggerton. I loved Briggerton, by the way, loved it. But I'm just like, what are we so excited about the sex? And then I wonder, like, is America having really bad sex? That this is so exciting. I'm not judging your sex life. I'm just saying nothing about it is that dramatic. I don't believe the husband likes her at all. He's kind of like a serial killer, if I could be honest. And she doesn't seem to be into the husband at all. She kept fantasizing about this old boyfriend of hers and the whole thing with the friend. This is only going to make sense to you if you watch the show, but don't hate me. I don't like the show. I, I, I didn't like any of the characters. Is anyone on my side with this? I'd love to know. Is anyone out there other than me not like sex life? Or do you all hate me now? I'm kind of obsessed with humans, human behavior, and the things we do all day, every day that we're not even paying attention to. In fact, I find it kind of hilarious. So much so, I even made a show about it, and it's called Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley. Let's get started with today's episode. Today is one of my episodes I like to call Real Talk. Every so often I have a Real Talk episode if you've been listening. And today is one of those episodes because there are certain topics that are important when it comes to social studies. And this is one of them. My guest today, Kat Sadler, has been my girl crush for so many years. She was a host at E! and she bravely stepped down when she discovered her male counterpart, who had been there for as many years as she was, was making significantly more money than she was. And she went public about it, which is a brave, bold move uh, helping women everywhere. And so we're going to get into that today. Last week, Kat went viral after we recorded this about a week. Later, she came down with COVID. She was vaccinated and she shared her story on Instagram because she was vaccinated um, and caring for someone who was sick. And she got COVID and that post went viral. I'm so glad she shared her story. It's one of the things I love about her is her honesty because... I am vaccinated, but I think we've all gotten a little comfortable thinking this pandemic's over. So it was a reminder that it is not. So thank you for that, Kat. Guys, for those of you who have been leaving reviews, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for writing to me. You guys, I've gotten so many nice DMs from you guys who started listening. Thank you. I appreciate every single one of them. So thank you. Uh, If you haven't left a review, this is your reminder to leave a review and uh, please share on your social. Okay, guys, you know what time it is. It is time to start 
the show. Okay, guys, welcome to Social Studies. I am so excited. I have basically my girl crush on today, who is another Dear Media podcast host. Her name is Kat Sadler. Many of you know her. She was a host on E! And she has a great new podcast called It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. Kat, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you, Jenna. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. I'm, I've been really looking forward to, to getting to know you because we've been kind of friends, acquaintances on social and now the real deal. I, and for me, you guys, I'm just going to come right out and say this because you know how I love to embarrass myself. I have been a cat fan. Cat is like super hot. I, can you even say that or is that not allowed anymore? But she is. Oh, please, at my age, say it. (laughs) (laughs) I have bought so many items of clothes because of you, I know it's, it's awkward. It's almost Almost like I'm embarrassed to be here, but I'm excited to be here. Um, nice. First of all, Kat, your podcast Naked was the first podcast I have ever listened to, ever. That is wild. I'm going to tell you what happened. I and look at you now, girl, and look at me now. <laughs> no, I was driving. I had to drive to Boston alone to take my son to a summer program, and one of my friends was like, "Listen to podcasts. You'll be like not alone in the car." Mm-hmm. And I was like okay. And I was like, I don't know what to listen to, but I followed you and you had a podcast and I listened to Naked. I listened to like, I binged Naked round trip. That makes me so happy. I know. And so I'm so happy you're back. And on your media. first. I was your first. I feel so flattered. You were my first and now you're back. Yeah. I took a little hiatus. Naked was really special to me, actually. I mean, Naked was my first my first show after leaving E, my first interview series. And so I really, the podcast space is just so liberating and free and loose. And, um, you know, I came from a world where everything was to time and I was assigned who I was going to talk to. I didn't really have a say in the matter, you know, so to build a community around these conversations that, you know, I get to decide who I want to speak with and then to really do it. I mean, I'm actually sitting in my bedroom today, which is ironic because, I used to do my naked interviews from this very space in my bedroom, which I also loved about those interviews because pre-COVID, these people would actually come to my house and (laughs) come in my bedroom. And sometimes we sat on my bed and sometimes sometimes take off their clothes and sometimes stripped down. Exactly. But that just added another layer of nakedness, literally. So yeah, I took a little break. The pandemic hit and I was going through some real stuff and my contract was up with my initial partner. And I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like it right now. And, you know, for the first time in my life, you kind of, it's nice when you're in the driver's seat and you get to be your own boss. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm allowed to stop if I want to. Yeah, yeah. took a little break. And then when I was really getting the itch to to start the podcast back up again, I just wanted to, I wanted to adjust a little and make it maybe a little lighter. And um, so I shed the naked and now it's, it sure is a beautiful day. So back on the airwaves, I missed this so much, uh, but now I'm ready. I'm ready to be back. There's a real rawness to it. Yeah. It's, raw. it's not as slick and produced. And there are elements of that that are really 
fun and the glam of it all. I mean, I do miss getting the hair and makeup every day. Do not get me wrong. Um, but as far as the meat of the conversation, yeah, there's something that's just completely, you're just more open. And I think that the audience just gets so much more out of it because for that reason, right? Yeah. It feels, it's more authentic. It sure is a beautiful day. It's about infusing a little more joy back into people's lives after the hell of a year everybody had and kind of the darkness and the, the gravity and the levity and all that. That's why I love your show too. It's just, you're so good at just having fun. And sometimes I am guilty of being so serious. I am just a deep person that I don't know how to just <laughs> let that go. Do you know what I mean? I, I do know. See, my def- my default defense mechanism is to just make fun of myself and to make fun of every situation I'm in, which is why I went into comedy, right? But I get it. But it's so funny because even talking to you, you know, we're going to get into some of the things that you have done for women that I respect so much that are not a joke. Kat, how many years were you at E? I was there 12 years. Okay. Maybe just shy of 12. I think it was 11 years and 10 months if we're being exact. (laughs) Okay. So you guys, Kat was an E reporter, red carpet, studio, you name it, um, a a big deal at E. And she discovers her male counterpart was making more than she was, significantly more. And she decided for that reason to not renew her contract, which is an unbelievably brave, bold move. I have so much respect for it. And I have so many questions, if it's okay, to ask away. Sure. So anyone who works in entertainment knows procuring a job like that is really difficult. And to have the safety of having a job for so many years in entertainment, really difficult. So you find this out and you're like, what the, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can curse when you're on my show, can I? Because I curse a lot. Cat. Oh, I curse on my show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what the fuck? Sometimes that's one of those words where I'm like, God, should I, do I say that too much? Maybe I shouldn't. I no, don't know. I so- think fuck is like, you know, you could use it anytime for anything. It's, I just think it's great. Um, it definitely applies in this conversation. Yes. So. Okay, good. I just always want to be respectful. I'm like, I don't know if my guests will mind. You, do you go to the network and say, what is going on? What, tell us what happens next when you discover this. You know, it was, it was an interesting season of a lot of little pieces, right? For most stories, that's usually how it, it, it goes. It wasn't like one flashpoint and that was it. it. And what's interesting, it's funny that you and I are having this conversation because I just couple of days ago was with my original co-host from E on the very first show I was ever on at E, which was called The Daily 10. So just to speak to your point about even just landing there at all for a little girl from Indiana who'd never been to Hollywood, who, by the way, at the time I'd already had my two young kids, like getting the job in and of itself was a miracle, right? Yeah, so yeah. the chances of that, the odds of that actually even lining up to happen in one's life was pretty crazy. But I I was there for then, you know, more than a decade and I had put in the work, you know, and I, I was a host, you know, my first show, I was a host. I mean, not to just explain for people who don't know the complete inner workings of television, you know, there are hosts, there are reporters, there are correspondents, you know, I was a host, you know, I had, I'd done local reporting news for years. I'd been in the streets. I'd been in the, you know, on the ground running. I'd been the one man band 
woman band, if you will, for so long. So I certainly paid my dues. I had the experience. Then I get on national television. I was a host of one show. That show after four years went away. So then I was absorbed in the news and I was a, you know, I was in studio every day and doing interviews in, in the field and whatnot. But point being, it wasn't like I was the newbie. It wasn't like I didn't have anything to back up my experience. It wasn't like I just got there and I was being greedy. I mean, this was after 12 years of being away from my kids, missing their doctor's appointments, you know, not going on the field trips, the sacrifice one makes as a woman, like so many of us do when we're working moms. And so I had just gotten a a new show, um, which I was so excited about called Daily Pop. So um, even within the quote unquote talent or on-air people at E, you know, when they assemble a new show, you know, it's not a given that you're on that show, right? right? So they asked me to lead that show of three hosts. And I was doing that for about a year. And what happened was a female executive pulls me into kind of a closed door meeting. And she says to me, you should know. So this came from her. She'll remain anonymous. But she said, you should know that you are severely underpaid. Uh, and keep in mind, this was about three, this almost four years ago now. This was, so, was, so this was during the Times Up. Was this during the Times Up movement or times before? Up. Free time. Oh, okay. So this was about nine months. This conversation took place about nine months before Time's Up was even a thing. So mind you, this, these weren't conversations weren't happening, right? Uh, girls weren't going into meetings, I don't think, talking about how much how much do you make? How much should you make? You know, it just, it was kind of like we were still in that climate where you did your job, you did it well, you hoped for the best, you you know, all of that. So wow. when she said, you're severely underpaid. It's because I believe I had just gotten this new show. I was working, you know, longer hours than I had worked in a very long time. I was still doing e-news and she knew my contract was coming up. You know, this was an executive who was a part of those decisions. And so she, it was like a tip to me to ask for more. And so I was a little, I mean, I guess embarrassed for lack of a better word, because I was like, oh God, how underpaid am I? And I've been walking around this place thinking I'm at a certain stature or right. I've been so right. long. And like, is this like the running joke upstairs that you like, I'm, I'm the discount girl or I didn't know, you know, I, so I, and I was a little angry. Um, but a lot goes into it. It's pretty complicated too, just because in this industry, it is different than a lot of jobs for your listeners that, you know, might have a more traditional job because we also have agents, right? So right. agents are in our corner kind of negotiating and they're more aware of who's making what. And so that was certainly a factor. So my first, after learning that I was severely underpaid, number one, I went to my team and I just said, you know, I've got this new show. I'm clearly valued in the sense that they keep using me. They obviously like my work. I just got a new gig. So it's not like I don't deserve money. I know my worth. And so we just right away decided that when that deal would come up at the end of the year, we would ask for what I'm worth. And, um, and it was a big leap, right? Cause you have to imagine I, it wasn't just a little raise and it wasn't just an incremental percentage, you know, of a, of a, a raise. It was like me asking for double. So, and by the way, I just wanted ballpark. I wasn't saying, Hey, me as much as right. him or yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted what was fair. And then I also did reach out to Jason. Um, and, and we were very close and very good friends. And, and to his credit, he's, I said, can I, can we just, can you shoot me straight and just tell me how much you make? And he did. And, and again, 
that was very forthcoming of him to say, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, and by the way, whatever you go and ask for, I, I support you, you know, you deserve it. He saw, he saw the parallel. He saw the, the similarity there. So, and had you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Had you both been there around the same amount of time? Yeah. Yep. 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 The same year. I think we both arrived at the same year. Um, so we've both been there the same amount of time. You know, there are various shows and we weren't always side by side per se for 12 years. He was on E! News originally. I was on Daily 10, but we kind of came up together, if that makes sense. And by the end, we're certainly, I mean, we would go out to press events and do red carpets where we were positioned as like, you know, the the wink, wink was the, he's my TV husband and that kind of thing. Right, right. Anyway, the long story short is that we negotiated for several months and we weren't getting anywhere. And and my, and I said to my team, I said, if we don't get there, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And nobody believed me. I remember, and, and, you know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do yes, it. And, yes. and there was a big chunk of time where I had to really soul search and, and do I mean that? And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And that sounds really scary. And so that certainly wasn't an overnight decision, but they weren't, they weren't budging. And, um, and the writing was on the wall. And so then, then I said, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to sign that contract. The only thing just to answer your question that I never really had the opportunity to do or so, so to answer your question, no, I didn't like, they weren't going to pay me. And then I went on the door and then I complained. And then I said, shame on you. It's a lot more kind of like things going on behind the curtain, you know, at this level. And a lot of, you don't even get to the top. You're not, you don't have that access. So that's a little more difficult. It's not like just knocking on your boss's door and going, Hey, what about my raise? It's a little more intricate than that. Right. The bigger question at the time was one, maybe not the bigger question, but the bigger, a big piece of that was one, it's one thing to leave Two, It's another thing to then tell people why you leave. You know, I could have just left you know what I mean? So that was a whole other big piece to that, that departure. But it was taking a stand for all women to get equal pay, which was pretty remarkable. Do you think That's had right. this happened after Time's Up that they would have come to you and said, Kat, you're absolutely right. We're going to raise you and match it. Probably. I think it probably would have happened differently, but I don't think it would have been out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> you know, right. I think it would have been out of a publicity move, you know, that, oh, damn, now we have to pay women what they are worth. You know, these systems have gotten away with it for so long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now the companies that, that seem to be falling in line, you know, are kind of forced to because they'll be outed and then it's not a good look for them. And then they suffer in the end. But, but yeah, when I, that was what fueled my decision to explain my departure and why I left, because I felt like I knew this wasn't a singular story. I knew that there, that I wasn't the, of course, only woman going through this. I didn't know that it would make news the way it did, but immediately after it did become a story, suddenly I was the story and I heard from women and girls. I am talking age 12 to 75 around the world, just saying, keep going, keep going, you know, use your voice, tell this story because we need you to with your reach, because we're out here without a platform and we're, we're over here suffering without the ability to just quit our job. And we don't have that choice. So 
then my purpose became very clear. You know, you know, when you look at something and they're like, you know, you can't, you can't ever predict your project trajectory in life exactly. And you don't know how things are going to happen. But now looking back, I was like, ah, this all happened for a reason. I was, yes. I was used in a way to champion other women. And it became just, it's, it's so clear to me now. I just feel happy that it all happened in this really weird way, you know? It's amazing what you've done. It's so funny. I was, I was like 25 years old. I I got married when I was 23, but at the time I was working and I had asked for a raise because I found out I was being severely underpaid um, compared to everyone else in the office. And my boss actually said to me, he's like, you don't need to make more money. You're married to, you know, your husband. And at the time I remember thinking like, that feels just so wrong, but I I was not who I am now, right? So I was just like, oh, okay. And I, it's crazy what we have adapted to. It is insane what we have adapted to. So, um, well, that's thank so you. That's so common, what you're saying. I mean, that's so common. I mean, I remember Oprah told that same story, you know. Oh, she, really? Oh, yeah. She told the exact same story. She was at one of her first television jobs, and she had a male co-host, and it was a big morning show. I think this was in Chicago. She told the same story. And mind you, this was in the 70s or 80s, maybe the 80s. And, and her boss looked straight at her and said, what? You don't need the money. He's married. He has kids. You know, like the flip of like, he's got more responsibility. Therefore you don't, you don't need the money, but how they could even like flip that on you. And that was kind of my argument. It was like, not only have I been here as long, not only are we parallel profile, not only do we, you know, contribute in the same roles. Now I have an additional show and I'm a single mom and I have two kids. And then the fact that these corporate people in in these positions can look down and be like, you know, it's almost like, a disadvantage to be a woman and a disadvantage to be a mom when in reality should be compensated more, not less. I mean, look, we all know all moms, right? Like I'm recording this. I'm like, oh my, I should be doing college applications right now. You know, there's all this stuff that comes along with being a mom. There's all this sacrifice and guilt that we walk around with all the time, but it's crazy that that is a thing. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I'm just, you know, thank you personally. I just want to thank you. And I'm sure women everywhere want to thank you for coming forward and, and being brave enough to just call that out. Cause that is not an easy feat at all. That is a big network and that's scary. I'm impressed. It is scary only because you point that out and only because it just, I literally just a couple hours ago this morning, it still comes up. I don't spend a lot of time on it, but I was talking to my therapist this morning and he, he drew this really crazy parallel, this like, um, in my, in my life about my departure from E and he just, he's like, I think looking back now that I know you so well, I think part of that bold move was actually a real fuck you to a lot of people in my life. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yes. He was like, he was like, like, you can't take it anymore. Yeah. He's like, yes, you were wronged. And yes, you know, that happens to a lot of women. And that in and of itself is worthy of, of speaking up. But, but, but he even took it more layers. Like, you know, sometimes you just take enough shit in your life or, you know, I hate to use the word overuse the word abuse, but you know, some even personal things in my life leading up to that moment where you just, you get so fed up that you, you have no other choice. Do you know what I mean? Oh, girl, do I know? Do I know? Right? And I'll tolerate so much. And I guess that's the good side if I'm always looking at the silver lining, but I think that is the good, 
the teacher of pain is that sometimes that's what is necessary to propel us to stand up for ourselves or to get what we need or deserve. Um, You can only take so much. I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run For Something. I wrote a book called Run For Something. And now I host this show also called Run For Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. During quarantine, you were doing formal Fridays. That was for a charity? That was for various charities. Various charities. Yep, yep, yep. I used to look at that and I was so impressed. So, So you guys, Kat did this thing. It was formal Fridays. On Friday, she'd get all dressed up. Her followers would get dressed up, gowns, full makeup, hair. I remember watching, it's kind of how I describe how I watch exercise on my phone, like on Instagram or TikTok. I'm like, oh, this looks like a great exercise. I should try this. And then I don't. (laughs) I I would watch, yes, someone brushed their hair. Yes, someone took a shower. Yes, (laughs) someone put on real clothes. Did you find that that helped you getting up and... And getting all dressed up without question, without question. Um, and it's interesting is I couldn't really sustain that. I think that the pandemic got worse and harder and more difficult. And then I didn't do it for long, but I remember we were about a month into lockdown and everyone was still dealing with just the, the shock at that time. Right. It was like, what do you mean we're, we can't leave our house? What do you mean? <laughs> and then you crazy. turn on the news and like the death toll was rising. It was so depressing. And, you know, many of us weren't showering. And I just, I, you know, that started because, and then other people did follow doing similar type stunts, I guess, on social media and whatnot. But I remember thinking, oh no, girl, you know, cause, cause how we feel has so much to do with, you know, if we are, if we do take our shower, sometimes it's baby steps, but just getting dressed and getting glammed and putting on a lipstick and maybe a heel or whatever. And I remember, I think I had posted about it the first time and you know, it's like anything, you never know if it'll catch on. You never know if I'm going to do with you, but I did it. And a PR agency reached out to me, Lion VIP Relations, which is a fashion PR agency. And the desperation in this female-owned woman's business and this, this woman's voice from this female-owned business, she was like, oh my God, my business, I'm scared to death. You know, I, I, I represent all these gorgeous designers with these amazing gowns and we have no red carpets. My business is going to go under, you know, what are we going to do? Like it panic, right? People are panicking. And, and she said, do you know how much it could, it could help us in the industry? If you did do this, please do it. And by the way, I'll send you gowns. So those weren't just hanging in my closet. Those were, you know, um, Juliana is her name, Juliana Paris. And she just, you know, she was like, yes, please, please. We'll send you, we'll keep this on, you know, top, the top of people's minds, just to remember the, the beauty and the special ritual of, of getting super, super dressed up. So for me, yes, I was wearing some gowns, but people joined in and people got out their best dresses and put on their stilettos and threw on a 
red lip and it really did catch on and people seemed to really enjoy it. And then there was the charity component, which was fun. So every week I would pick like a different charity to, to donate to for every follower that dressed up and tagged me and used the hashtag and all that. Then I would like add so much money and, and donate to charity. So it, that did feel that. good. And by the way, you know, when we are so bummed and sad and unsettled and frustrated and scared, it really, it's true what they say about giving back does make you feel better because in 100%. those months, that's just how I, I felt okay. Cause I felt like I was doing something, you know? Yeah. No, when you can help someone, sometimes it's better than helping yourself. Okay. Something I just quickly need to touch base on before I let you go is over COVID, we watched on Instagram, you go back to your hometown and find your high school sweetheart. Wanted that to work out. Oh my gosh, you did. Even with this shotgun or with or not? Before the shotgun or after the Pre- shotgun? shotgun. Just that knock, that knock. We were, I think we were all so excited, Kat. Ah! Okay. Well, for those listening who don't know, that was, yes, I am from a very, very small town called Martinsville, Indiana. And I'd gone back because my brother and I were, were toying with filming this documentary in town. And so we went back for work and then I discovered that my first love, I mean, I, it is really true. Eric Savage of all people. I love the last name. Eric Savage. And he, that is like an eighties, like, like character in, in uh, rock of ages or something. Exactly. And I discovered that he lived right across the street from my cousin. I mean, it's such, it's all such small town. It's like, you can't make this shit up. And so we just on a whim were like, well, let's knock on the door. And I was like, is he married? And my cousin, John was like, no, he's single. I was like, I was like, no way. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we went across the street and filmed the whole thing. And it was all of, none of that was planned. A couple of people were like, oh, you staged that, right? Even one of my best friends was like, oh, so you put the gun in the whole thing. And you gotta, I was like, no, that was real. It was Wait, real. Wait, he came so. to the door with a gun or something, yeah. right? With a shotgun. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And, I know, loved it. He had the, um, he had, you know, the dead animals on the wall. He's a hunter and a fisher and his, he did have a son. His son was there and his poor son is so confused. Like, who is this woman? And I went with my brother. It it was those moments you can't script. And it was quite funny and quite tender. And he was so sweet. What did you think of him? I thought he was so sweet. And here's my question. Did he ever reach out to you after that wanting to get together? Well, you want to know it's crazy. So the (laughs) transcript is, I think I reached out to him on Facebook because by the way, that's the one platform I, I'm, I'm not, I post things to Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook. Right. I, don't, I get I don't it. Really Same. go on there. And so I looked for him because after the fact, I felt a little like we kind of completely like bombarded him that night. And so I was like, I want to just wrap that up and say something nice on Facebook. And I, so I, I couldn't find him anywhere on Facebook. And I was so confused about it. And then he found me I, while I was still in town and he was under a different name, <gasps> which is still, I'm a little confused about. That so is he, a little suspect. That might be a flag. Little but, sus. <laughs> but he did Facebook me. And now I would say 
because I came home back to California and then I got up in my attic and then I found all these old photos of us and this whole thing. And so he wants to be very, very private. He does not. Cause I was like, Oh, we can do a part two. I had like all kind of plans. <laughs> He's like, no, like me, not really what I want to do with my life. And I'm like, I totally respect that. But but he has since sent me a lot, like I would say a half dozen very, very sweet messages. I love that. I love it. That made me so happy. I am such a dorky, hopeless romantic that when I heard that he was living across the street, I was all in on that story. I was like, I need to watch this entire thing. So. And there's just something about that time in your life, you yes. know, adolescent, preteen, 12 to 14. Like I was so innocent then. We were so innocent, but you never forget those connections. You never forget the Dracar Noir yes. days. Exactly. <laughs> I could smell it like it was yesterday. Cat. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I think you're just awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Everyone go check out Kat's podcast. Kat, now is the time. Plug away. <laughs> How can people find you, stalk you, follow you? Oh, please. Kind of well, I, I am on my Instagram most days. Um, my stories and my feed and the whole thing. And that is I am Kat Sadler with two T's. But my podcast is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. And it's everywhere you can get your podcast. And much like you say, you do a great job of reminding people that, you know, listen, and if you do like it, please share it and leave that review and all that good, good stuff. Yes. Um, and you'll want to subscribe because Jenna is going to be on my show and I'm, gonna, ah! I, you know, I've, I've heard you pull out your Barbara Walters before, but I'm going to pull out my cat Sadler. Okay. And <laughs> I'm going to, we are going to get to know you in a way you, your audience and your fans are going to really appreciate. So I'm down because I have no shame in my game and I will talk about anything. So you guys, if you want to hear me get to a whole other side of me, you got to follow Kat's podcast and you should listen anyway because Kat's the bomb. Mm, And I'm going to go buy some of her clothes now from her Instagram. Congrats on your show. Keep up the amazing work. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.